Hello and welcome to Timeless Truths, a sermon podcast from St. Mark Ministries in Greater Green Bay, Wisconsin. This week we continue our series, His Final Steps. In episode 31, let's join Michael Hennig as we learn how his final steps led to anointing. So open up your heart, open up your Bible, and let's dig in to these timeless truths. My, my grandparents lived in an old stone house farm just outside the small town of Newburgh, Wisconsin. Maybe you know about where that is. And as a child, I remember, I remember Sunday afternoons in the middle of summer. It was always a special occasion that we would gather there. Maybe someone's birthday. Maybe it was an anniversary or someone's confirmation. There would be lawn chairs spread out throughout that yard. Even if the day was hot, there was the smell of applewood and and chicken on the smoker that my grandpa would attend to. And those lawn chairs were always under what I believed was the largest weeping willow tree in the county. It was a great place to gather and since everyone was outside, Well, you knew inside, the table would be covered with food. All choices surrounding that table for us as kids, for the adults, the aunts and uncles, whoever we were celebrating could go into the house anytime and fix a plate of food. And then there was the the small hallway between the gateway to that backyard and and the kitchen and that hallway held several coolers that were filled with root beer, cream soda, covered in ice. As As a kid, I probably took two or maybe three, but it was a special occasion and that's what made it okay. If you went away hungry at those events, it was your own fault. I'd like to think that Jesus, boy, he must have loved dinner parties. He must have loved to enjoy people, to attend dinner parties. In fact, we know of one that he attended, one where it was also a wedding, where he did his first miracle, changing water into wine. In fact, Many parties that he would go to at people's homes as an invited guest was just part of his ministry. And the people who were his enemies knew this. In fact, they explain this in Luke chapter 15. This man welcomes sinners and he eats with them. Wedding celebrations, people's homes, people knew that Jesus would be part of a guest in the home of a sinner. So once more, we are told by John that it was just six days before the Passover, and Jesus, once again, he was going to eat at the home of sinners. But it's a dinner party, and it's a dinner party that only celebrates not only Jesus' limitless power, but it's anointing him before he goes to the cross. It's anointing him for his coming sacrifice. Sometimes when you read the Gospels, 
it's good to reference maybe one of the other ones. For example, tonight we're focusing on Luke, but you'll notice on the screen that you can go back to Matthew. You can go to Mark. It's not that it's a different side of the story. It's not that somebody was better at recording because we, we know the Bible is God-breathed. It's scripture that is written by the Holy Spirit. But it's a different angle. It's a different angle. Right now, I'm online for people watching in their home, someone sick watching in a hospital, and there's different cameras that can take a different angle. It's, it's, a, it's a different viewpoint. And so we're told in Matthew and Mark, they inform us that this dinner party was being held at the home of Simon. But not just any Simon, this was Simon the leper. Now, if there was a party at the home of Simon the leper, something must have happened because if you know leprosy back in that day, you could not be part of society. In fact, you, you had your own place out, out of town that you had to be away from everyone else. And if someone would encounter you on the road somewhere, you were supposed to yell out to them, unclean, unclean, so that they knew this person had leprosy. So if the dinner party was at the home of Simon, still known as Simon the leper, then he must have been healed. And he must have presented himself to the priests and been found clean. And maybe this was his way of saying thank you. Say, saying thank you to the one who healed him. It was almost like Simon was a celebrity, so to speak. Can you imagine going into this home, knowing it was Simon's house and, and he had been healed, trying to find him and saying, hey, Simon, what was it like that day? When you saw Jesus walking up to you, did you, did you know he was going to heal you? What did, he, what did he say? What did you say to him? Was, was your skin falling off? Were you in pain? Could you smell, taste, to see? Did you just suddenly know everything was normal? What was it like? But maybe it wasn't Simon who was the celebrity that day. Maybe it was Lazarus. Lazarus was at the dinner party. If you missed it last week, we talked about only days before Jesus had raised him from the dead. But we know he is there according to verse 2. Here, a dinner party was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Imagine that conversation at the dinner table. Lazarus, you died. You were in the tomb, and you were there for over four days. What was that like? Do you remember any of it? Did you suddenly come to life and wonder where you were? Did you look at your body when you started walking out of the grave going, I'm embarrassed the way I look? What were you thinking? But Lazarus gaining popular popularity only made Jesus and his enemies, Jesus' enemies, more furious. For now Jesus also had more followers because he had raised Lazarus. And so now there is a plot to not only kill Jesus, but to also kill Lazarus. And not only for this reason, 
but because resurrection from the dead really defied everything that the chief priests believed in. The chief priests would deny that a resurrection was even possible. But let's not focus on who the enemies were here tonight and what they wanted to do, but rather let's focus on the other guests who were at this dinner party and they were celebrating Jesus' limitless power. Do you celebrate Jesus' limitless power? The God who took lepers and healed them and sent them back to their homes, but sent them back to their society? The God who raised people from the dead? Are you praising and trusting a God who has limitless power? Because you've lost a loved one recently. Because your finances aren't the best. Because your vocation isn't what you wanted. Because you're, you're not sure who loves you or trusts you or is proud of you. The God who has saved and healed, how much do you trust him? This is also a dinner party that signifies the suffering Jesus would go through. His coming sacrifice. I, I wonder how many dinner parties that Jesus was able to enjoy in Bethany over the years. Maybe these dinner parties were, were simple dinners. Martha, as we've learned, was a skilled host. But maybe she made something very simple. Grapes. She had baked bread that day, a stew on the stove over the, well, not the stove, but over the fire. But maybe this family was a little more wealthy. There was wine to enjoy, a fattened calf, fresh fish, or a lamb. Whatever it was that Martha was preparing, we know that Martha did this often. In fact, Dr. Luke tells us how much Jesus loved to visit, but what Martha continued to do. Mary and Martha, Martha in the kitchen, remember that? Mary sitting and listening intently to every word that Jesus had to say. And then Martha comes running in and, and almost scolds Jesus for letting Mary do such a thing. There's a good chance that Mary continued over the years to listen so closely to Jesus that she knew and put two and two together that his time was coming very close to an end. His final steps that he would take. So, at this point, at this dinner party, here is where Mary takes an alabaster jar she had filled with pure nard, 12 ounces of a perfume that was very difficult. There was no department store to grab this, no cosmetic store to pick this up. This came from the Himalayas, deep through the mountains. Those who found it and sought it risked not only natural disaster, but thieves. And so for her to have this perfume. She had saved money 
a year's wages. When was the last time you and I took a year's wages for something for Jesus? This is extraordinary. Verse three, then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. There's a good chance that Mary anointed Jesus' hair. The perfume went over his body. And for her to let her hair down and dry his feet, this was not okay in that society for a woman in public to let her hair down. But she did it to honor her Savior, to anoint him, and the scent of this filled the room. The scent of this filled the room because John vividly remembers this when he records years later what happened that day when he said the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. The scent of of nard could be overpowering, which is why it was used in burials, which is why it was probably used just days before in another alabaster jar for Lazarus. And now she has one saved also for Jesus. And of course, there is an objection. There's an objection by Judas, but in the other accounts of Matthew and Mark, it wasn't just Judas, it was the rest of the disciples. Verse five and six, Judas said, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. For Mary, she's anointing from head to toe, almost as if she was getting ready for a burial. A burial that Joseph of Arimathea and a man by the name of Nicodemus on the following Friday would have to prepare in haste. She was getting ready. Friends, are are we listening intently to Jesus? Are we sitting at his feet, absorbing his words? Are we taking to heart what he tells us? Are we trusting him? A man who came to this earth as a true man, but also true God with limitless power and could have done anything. A man who was anointed before his death. Listen closely this Lent season. Listen closely and watch carefully as Jesus takes those final steps. For you, for me, because of selfless love. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Timeless Truths. Whether you're a first-time listener or a long-time listener, we're glad you could join us. For more information or to support the work of St. Mark Ministries, check out our website at stmarkministries.com. And be sure to tune in next week as we kick off a brand new series, The Royalty of Love, a study of the Gospel of Mark. And remember, you matter and you are loved.